the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What difference at this point does it make? Oh, shut up. If you've got health insurance, you can keep it. If you like your health care plan, you will keep your plan. If you've got health insurance, you like your doctor, you like your plan, you can keep your doctor, you can keep your plan. I'm as bad as hell, but I'm not going to take this anymore. Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton from the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, and I'm joined by my co-host Don Dix, the leader of the Act for America chapter in Corona. And, uh, you know, the news goes on, doesn't it? There, there. This week, there was more news in this week than there used to be in a typical year. We went from have from opening the week with two terror attacks, one in Minnesota and one in New York, and that we're still getting information and digesting. Then we went to uh, the House Oversight Committee, where the uh, where, where they considered where they're considering the uh, censure, or if you will, the yeah, impeachment impeachment of the uh, commissioner of the IRS, Hoskinen. And we had some incredible testimony that was led, uh, the questioning that was led by Jim Jordan. If you didn't see that, that's definitely uh, must-see viewing of Jim Jordan literally cross-examining Hoskinen about everything from the targeting of groups uh, over the past three years to the timeline of how this unfolded to the uh, uh, burying of the communications uh, on Lois, first Lois, Lois Lerner's computer and then on the tapes. So then there was that. Of course, the election. I mean, a tremendous amount of stuff happening on the election. We're still digesting. Hillary Clinton was, was virtually absent from the campaign trail as she's preparing for the biggest event of the year politically, Monday night, the big debate. Well, at the same time, I mean, uh, Donald Trump is out there doing multiple events of at least one I know, day. right? And so he knows the stuff. He's out campaigning. So is it, is it Hillary's health that she needs to rest up? Trump had a great tweet. He said, uh, sleep well, Hillary. I know. See I love debates. What a, what a barb from the sidelines. That's like, or or yeah. is it he turns out he can fill the arena, 10,000, 20,000, 30,000 enthusiastic people. And she, ha- she has trouble getting two or 300 at an event. And they, and they have to bus in high school students to a right. college to even get that. And the question is, is it because she can't get people to an event or because her handlers need such a controlled environment for her to deliver her message and the variable of whether or not she's going to have one of these episodes, they need to make sure that they can contain that that news flow out of that and control what people hear if she does lapse into another one of these collapses. So not only have the terrorist terrorist attacks at the start of the week, both by Muslim immigrants 
that obviously were not properly screened. Right. And one in Minnesota where the guy takes out a knife and is shouting, Ahu Akbar, starts stabbing people. And the only reason only eight were stabbed is there was an off-duty police officer, a, per, a good part-time, guy with a gun. A part-time police officer but who, a, who owns a gun range, who has a concealed carry permit. Sounds deplorable to me. Who, who the press only told us that he was a off-duty police officer. None of the other information about this guy and his understanding of how to properly handle a firearm in the event that he's confronted by a situation like that. It's that guy. It's the every American that should be armed, should be under, should should understand how to how to handle a firearm. Uh, you know, gun control for Americans is not about limiting the magazine capacity. It's about using two hands to make sure you deploy the ammunition in the direction of the assailant. That's gun control. Yes, know how, know how to use the weapon. And do, so when you need to use it, you can effectively defend yourself and others. And then, of course, we had these two police shootings that unfolded a, 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 a riotous couple of days in uh, North Carolina. And this really, you know, regarding these types of events, this is now expected behavior, Greg. This is what I think is we, we now almost tolerate, we, you know, not, not me, but I mean, as a culture and as a media, we almost tolerate it's the this new response. Normal. It's the new normal. And, uh, you know, th- the idea that uh, Trump is now saying, you know, this needs to be fixed. We have to unify our country. He's all about law and order. And their anger, I think, to a degree is legitimate. But it's entirely misplaced. It needs to be placed on, you know, I was thinking about this uh, this shooting that occurred in North Carolina. You know, you've got this father sitting waiting for his child to come pick him up. He gets confronted by off by uh, undercover police officers. Um, doesn't maybe necessarily know uh, who it is that's confronting him. And does he or doesn't he have a gun at this point? The police say he do. They've released a photograph. They're going to release the video to the to the family so that they can see it. I don't know that it'll ever be made public. But this uh, this this notion of anger, the anger needs to be directed at an, an administration that has enabled this to happen, that has presided over an economy that has left that black community underemployed, um, you know, dependent on the government. Out and not not controlling their own futures and destinies, um, not being properly educated, schools school choice, which which the administration shut down in Washington D.C. If those people had school choice, if we had uh, in, intact families in these communities, I'm not going to say this wouldn't be happening at all, but it would be happening to a much lesser degree. Well, just think about okay. All the problems you describe in the inner cities have existed for decades, and these cities have been under Democrat control, and the Democrat policies contribute to them. This but, was this but, was an issue when I grew up in Baltimore in nineteen seventy into nineteen seventy five, going through junior high and high school. I was I was afraid of going into some of these communities even back then. But these kind of racial riots at every time there's a police incident, this was not happening. Under George W. Bush, this was not even happening under Bill Clinton or Ronald Reagan or George H. W. Bush or Jimmy Carter or Richard Nixon or Gerald Ford. Even though these conditions existed in the inner cities, this has been happening in the eight years because of, in my opinion, a deliberate policy from Obama on down by the Democrat Party and the left to enhance racial division for their own political interests. Because as long as black voters, which have traditionally supported the Democrat ninety percent plus, 
think that the number one issue is a white police officer is going to kill them or whitey's out to get them. They won't, they won't worry about the low wages. They won't worry about the open borders and immigrants coming in and taking jobs and depressing the wages of those that are still employed. The lousy government-run schools they're given. They won't focus on those issues and how, what a bad deal they're getting from the Democrat Party as long as they think that a, a, a police officer are, are shooting them or the whitey is out to get them. It is a deliberate, cynical, despicable, deplorable, if I could say, policy of the Democrat Party. Look, I can personally attest to the fact that in, when I lived in Baltimore, the undercurrent of what we're seeing existed then. But it took... What, 30 years, 35 years, 40 years for the scab to finally be scraped off under this administration and for this, you know, Obama could have shut any of this down. He could have come out and asked for calm. He could have come out and said, this is not the right way to behave. He could, but he started it. What was the first thing he, one of the first things that happened was when that professor was, uh, you know, uh, the police department came up to him and he said the police department acted stupidly. But he, I don't know all the facts, he said. But I don't know. He set the tone for looking at the police department as the perpetrators of incidents that inflame this. He, he began that 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 uh, that that the way that this is being interpreted now. I mean, when you have the brother of the victim calling white people the devil, and it wasn't even a white cop that shot this guy. Right. So th- so this isn't about a, a, a black cop shooting somebody. This is about a greater underlying issue that we've just touched on many of those talking points. And the ultimate was the Ferguson, the hands up, don't shoot lie that was perpetrated in the media repeatedly. The Obama administration supported that. They support. They, they went and gave ostensible sympathy for and support for the family. And when it turns out what the facts were is that a black criminal robbed a convenience store and then assaulted a police officer, tried to take his gun, charged the police officer. And the police officer was totally justified and acted even heroically in his conduct in that case. You know, I mentioned, you know, Barack Obama could have shut any of this down. Where are the moderate black leaders that are decrying the rioting? Where, where is that community? Where are the leaders of that community saying this is not the way that we should, that you guys should be behaving? So, you know, the question but, to me is, is turning out the black vote so important that they will sacrifice another city? Yes. Next question. But... The good news is the the lie is starting to fall apart because the polls are showing that Donald Trump is getting for a Republican an unprecedented level of support. There are many African-Americans that are starting to look beyond the Democrat lie and saying, well, what kind of a deal are we really getting? And they want somebody who's going to provide good jobs and good education and safe streets. And there's up to 20% are now supporting Donald Trump. Time for a message from the sponsor of this half hour, Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation. Ed is a great patriot and the place to go for your real estate lending needs, residential and commercial. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. We've been serving our community with personalized homeownership solutions for over 26 years with offices in Reno Valley, Temecula, Corona, Downey, Westlake Village, and Covina to service all of Southern California and Arizona. Today, we are experiencing excellent conditions in real estate and real estate financing. Interest rates are as low as they've ever been in our history, and real estate prices have come way up from the lows of 2010. 
If you've purchased a house in the last several years, there's a great chance that today your equity position is much better and available interest rates are much lower. Two factors that spell opportunity for you. If you want to find out what this means to you and you want to talk to a lender who will give you straightforward, honest direction towards an option that's best for you, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. And listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturdays at 9.30 a.m. and 9 o'clock p.m. and Sundays at 4 o'clock, right here on AM590, The Answer. AM590, The Answer. Welcome back to the Unite Inland Empire radio program. Greg, Gunmageddon, what does that mean to you? It means a chance for the people to thwart the Democrats in Sacramento in their efforts to deprive people of the constitutional right to keep and bear arms. There were 11 gun bills that were passed out of the uh, assembly. Uh, I think six of those survived the governor's signature. And now there are petitions. Uh, the way that this works in California is that if the, if, this, if the state passes a law that the people do not like, they can begin an, an initiative process. And when they do that, those laws are suspended so that the people can gather signatures for a 90-day period in order to put those laws on the ballot and give the people the right to vote on whether or not they want those laws. Right. Now, and if, if they get enough signatures, these gun laws will be suspended until the election of 2018, in which, in which case the people can vote on them. Right. And among these laws are rule are laws that, for instance, if your parents, uh, if your if your dad passes away and he has a gun collection and those guns don't meet today's standards and you, he passes those on to you and you take possession of them, you can unwittingly become a felon because you've taken possessions of guns that were grandfathered in. But now that the ownership is changing and they no longer can uh, be, you know, transferred in the state of California, you're now in possession of a fire firearm that doesn't meet the current regulations, you become a felon immediately. Exactly. Can anyone have any doubt that the end result, the end goal of the Democrat Party is to ban all ownership of guns? They can't get there in one step, just like they can't get to full socialized medicine in one step. So they t- every opportunity, restrict the type of weapon you can use, make it more burdensome, make it more costly, restrict the type of people who, who can use it, chip away at that. For example, the Obama administration is trying to deprive uh, Social Security recipients who have somebody else handle their account for them. Now, they're not going to be allowed to own firearms because they're supposedly mentally not able to just because they have their son or their daughter handling their financial affairs. Just yeah. one example. And there is a proposition on the ballot, Proposition 63. It's Gavin Newsom's ammo proposition, which essentially makes it so difficult to buy ammo in the state of California. It's going to add all kinds of fees and 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 process, you know, a process for you to be able to buy ammo now. Every time it's a twenty-five dollar fee, unless they've raised that, and then you have to wait for your you have to wait ten or eleven days after you do the background check, and then that's only good for thirty days. So every time, basically, every time you have to you want to buy ammunition, you have to go through. That process. And of course, if you go to another state to buy ammo under that law and bring it back in, that's a crime. So so it, it's more important than ever. And it, what's interesting on top of all that, some of the numbers for the state of California for the for uh, the presidential election are beginning to shift. Donald Trump is rising. Hillary Clinton is falling. I don't know if that if if, you know, 40 days is enough to actually see that uh, shift in a way that puts California into play. But wouldn't that be a fantasy come true? 
But the bottom line is, even though the presidential election for California in many cases is sort of a foregone conclusion, it is more important than ever for conservatives and Republicans and independents that have become disillusioned with, with, with the Republican Party to get out and vote. And I would, say, I would submit to you, even to Democrats, who, who do believe still in the rule of law and the Constitution, what I would call a Kennedy Democrat, it is more important for them to come out and vote and to vote against Proposition 63. In fact, the way I look at it, there's only three propositions to vote yes on, 54, 65, and 66. And we'll be getting into those propositions over the next three or four weeks. But my analysis, you know, I just did a talk uh, a weekend, uh, a week ago at the Engage California conference, and I was asked to uh, speak about the propositions. And as I went through them, the only propositions I found that I could even think of that had merit were 54, which is gives uh, 72 hours to the uh, legislature. They have to post their bills uh, at the legislature, uh, 65 and 66. So uh, it's basically six, 54 is like a daylight. It's the way that government should operate, requires them to post a bill, requires them to, uh, they can no longer do what's called gut and amend. And then it also allows, if you can believe this, in our legislature, you're not allowed to take a video camera in and videotape what's going on there. You, I mean, so so now they'll be able to videotape. Uh, you'll also they'll also be required to uh, keep the video uh, that's uh, taped by the Capitol for 20 years. We should also vote yes on 53, which will allow voter approval of bonds of more than two billion dollars. And with the, the, I disagree with what, that. What they do with these bonds is they pass the bonds, and then with it comes the tax increase. So it's a way or, or fees to pay for the bonds. So it's a way to get around the Proposition 13 requirement of having the voters pass tax increases. So if it's, if it's a huge project like this, and it, doesn't, and it doesn't even apply to city projects, but if it's a huge project, then absolutely the voters should, should, the vote, should have the voters say yes or nay to the huge project. So I'll get, it, I'll get in a, shout out, a, a shootout with you on this. This, this. Proposition 53 applies only to revenue bonds. It doesn't apply to general bonds that, are, that use uh, general funds to repay them. Revenue bonds typically will be repaid by the revenue that's generated from the project that they're financing. So it's a road widening where there's going to be a toll. It's a water project where the uh, people that are actually going to benefit from the water project will ultimately pay the, the price for that. So it's it does, the repayment of this does not come out of general funds. It, it comes, comes out of the taxpayers' pockets. Though. No, it comes out of ratepayers' pockets. Okay, same people. So so what it what it what essentially it does is it it require it, uh, it 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 forces, for instance, a municipality if there's an earthquake and they've got to re they've got to rebuild roads. Any 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 project over two billion dollars has to go to the automatically to the city. voters. No, I'm, I'm saying any any municipal project for things like roads, for infrastructure. If it's a revenue bond, it's, maybe, right. maybe it should be broader. Maybe Prop 53 should be broader than it is, but it's an important protection, and the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association supports it. Yeah, and I, and I don't for the, for, for the very reason that I've stated. Also, the person who put it on and ultimately uh, decided, funded it is a farmer out of, the, out of the valley who does not want to see water. Specifically, his issue is the tunnels that Jerry Brown wants to build to divert water into uh, Southern California. And if it, if it stops those boondoggle tunnels, 
Well, we can debate Great. the boondoggle tunnels, but the bottom line is we need to do something to get water down here. And I'd much rather see if there's a boondoggle we have to finance, I'd much rather finance tunnels than a railroad. Okay, then put, then put it on the ballot for the people to choose. If this is a good project, put it on the ballot for the and let the people vote on it. Well, we can agree to disagree on that, but, but for most of these, I'm sure we agree on. We'll be back after a message from our sponsor for this half hour. Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation. Place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. We've been serving our community with personalized homeownership solutions for over 26 years with offices in Reno Valley, Temecula, Corona, Downey, Westlake Village, and Covina to service all of Southern California and Arizona. Today, we are experiencing excellent conditions in real estate and real estate financing. Interest rates are as low as they've ever been in our history, and real estate prices have come way up from the lows of 2010. If you've purchased a house in the last several years, there's a great chance that today your equity position is much better and available interest rates are much lower, two factors that spell opportunity for you. If you want to find out what this means to you and you want to talk to a lender who will give you straightforward, honest direction towards an option that's best for you, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. And listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturdays at 9.30 a.m. and 9 o'clock p.m. and Sundays at 4 o'clock, right here on AM590, The Answer. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite, i.e. radio. Benjamin Franklin said, whoever would overthrow the liberty of a nation must begin by subduing the freeness of speech. And it's made some news, but it hasn't made a lot of news, is that on October 1, Obama is planning to surrender control of the Internet to a vaguely defined globalist stakeholder group. And then it will no longer be subject to the First Amendment. And what the, what this organization does, ICANN, is it hands out the domain names, the www.something.com. And they can, if they take that away, you're off the Internet. Right. Right now, the primary way that any media gets around the mainstream media or any news gets around is through these bloggers like for instance one of the things about that happened in North Carolina is the mainstream media got scooped on the entire uh you know start of this riot because you had multiple people out there literally live streaming the riots that were beginning to unfold in North Carolina almost scooping the mainstream media for a lot of what was going on. Um, You have bloggers all over the country who are writers, who are grassroots people, Um, much like when earlier this week we had those House Oversight Committee hearings on whether or not uh, IRS Commissioner Hoskinen should be uh, impeached. The, the, what happened there was the weaponization of the IRS. Now, if we turn over the uh, Internet, as you've said, John Bolton actually agrees with you. And he's saying he, he actually predicted that the. Don't impending, sound so surprised. No, I'm not. I'm not. But 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 he's commented on it is the thing. And he's he's predicted that the impending transfer of Internet domain control from American supervision to an international body will mean the end of the Internet. As we know it, um, he had an interview on Breitbart this week, uh, their serious XM uh, program, Breitbart News Daily, in which he called the Internet handover, quote, a mistake of such colossal proportions. Only Obama you, could do it. Right. 
that you would have thought we'd have a huge debate about it in this country to begin with. It's going to happen. Obama's going to do it. And uh, we've had no conversation. This is happening under the radar. Very little. The only way it's going to stop is if the Republicans in Congress, as part of the spending bill that has to be passed by the end of this month, make as part of this a law that says Obama can't do it and make it, in ways that make it enforceable. And we'll see whether they do it. Donald Trump came out with a statement opposing this, but he has even Donald Trump has not made it a big issue yet. Maybe it'll be a big issue in the, in the debate on Monday night. And that'd be a great that'd be a great place to raise it, because Hillary Clinton's a globalist, and she, this is the kind of thing that she wants. Donald Trump is America first, and we know that there's a lot of folks on the left that depend on the uh, internet as well to get their word out. So, if this made, if made public, this will be a seventy or eighty percent issue in favor of keeping American control and keeping the make sure the First Amendment still applies to the internet. Absolutely. And when, of course, you put compound on that Hillary Clinton's romance with the Muslim Brotherhood and Muslim issues, she's in favor of the OIC, which is in which is part of the stakeholders. Right. That will control the Internet if Obama is able to give it away. And if you're on the Internet talking about Islam in a way that is not favorable, then who knows? You could have your domain terminated. And that's that's really at the heart of this. We're going to be back after a break with a very special production. We have our own musical production here at Unite IE Radio, one that you don't want to miss. Stay tuned. I don't know your line because your lips are moving. There's no use time because you ain't improving. My opinion of you, it's time that you should back up and go. Going to stand up and say so. Of you deplorables. And that's how the Trump rally in Miami kicked off. That is the song from Les Miserables. Will you join in our crusade? Will you be strong and stand with me? Beyond the barricade is the world that you can see. Then join in the fight that will give you the right to be free. And then, of course, Donald Trump welcoming all of his deplorables, further leveraging Hillary Clinton's uh, admonition that 20 that 50 percent of Donald Trump's supporters are miserable are deplorables. And we are pleased to have in studio with us today two of the most deplorable deplorables. Welcome back to the show. Robin Vidston and Agnes Gibney. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you. And probably the reason that we can call them the mo- deplorable of the deplorables is that uh, Agnes uh, has the tragic story of having had her son killed 
at the hands of an illegal alien. And she is part of a group that Donald Trump has been featuring uh, at a lot of his rallies. The what, what are what are called the uh, what is the what is the name of the mother? What do you call the mother? The angel, moms. angel moms. Thank you. The angel moms. Uh, he had them at uh, his immigration rally. Following his uh, trip to Mexico, uh, Agnes was actually one of the first moms that was called up to share her story uh, that day in Arizona. And then again, uh, recently, you guys were took a trip to Texas. You had the opportunity to literally meet with Donald Trump at a luncheon. And that's part of the reason why you're here is to share your experience there. And then more importantly, the Donald Trump that you guys have gotten to know behind the scenes, uh, the personal side of Donald Trump, to see if he kind of measures up to what the left is describing him. So again, as Greg said, welcome to the show. Thank you. So tell us about the event, Agnes. You just came back from this big luncheon in uh, in Houston with uh, Donald Trump. Well, first of all, I wanted to thank the Remembrance Project for inviting me. It was an incredible experience to be there with all the angel moms and dads and families, uh, meeting all of them that you'd only seen in pictures on Facebook. The uh, VIP luncheon was awesome. We got to meet with uh, Mr. Trump before the event, and I think there was 40 or 45 uh, parents in the back and some invited guests. What day was this? This was Saturday. Saturday uh, the 17th. 17th, 17th okay. yes, at the Omni Hotel. And Mr. Trump came in, and we just all stood up and cheered for him. He sat down. He really listens to you. He's a compassionate, kind man. He feels your pain. He wants to do something, and he feels so helpless right now. But he is a hard worker, and most of all, he cares for United States. He cares for us, and he wants to put Americans first. Many politicians use people as props behind them when they're on stage. But uh, Donald Trump takes his time to listen to your stories off stage. That's right. And he is listening to all of us. He listens. I had a question for him. I was one of the first ones to speak, and I shared with him that the guy that murdered my son will be released in four years. And I said, would you please, Mr. Trump, do not release this guy into our community because I fear for my other two children. I cannot afford to lose any more children, and I don't want to see somebody else having to go to the same grief and pain life sentence that I live with on a daily basis. And I said, he needs to be deported. And he held my hand and he, sh- he shook his head. He says he needs to be in prison and or we'll take him out. Tell, tell us, um, Robin, you've been involved with the Remembrance Project for uh, quite a while. And for those folks that aren't familiar with the Remembrance Project, tell us a little bit about who the founder is and what the goal of this project is. Yes. Well, the founder is Maria Espinosa of Houston, Texas. And the Remembrance Project is a nationwide organization that memorializes American citizens who are killed by illegal aliens. There is a visual with a banner that that memorializes and honors the loved ones that are killed. And unfortunately, that banners, those visuals keep growing in this country. Uh, With Donald Trump, the Remembrance Project has an advocate, a champion, and he said he is going to make a difference for our Remembrance Project family members. 
one very, very important item that has come out of the conference we attended is this. The Remembrance Project, Maria Espinosa, is asking for a national program for these families. One, to help them pay for funeral expenses, legal expenses, as well as counseling. You'll hear the families tell their heartbreaking story. Uh, Dan Golvich lost his beautiful young son, a musician, when he was merely parked at a red light in Houston, Texas, and an illegal killed him, shot him in the head. Now, Mr. Golvich talks about the heartbreaking issue of buying a casket for your young, beautiful adult son. He had, did not have the money. The horror. This is just an example of the national program the Remembrance Project is seeking to put in place. And Donald Trump, Maria Espinosa contacted every presidential candidate. Donald Trump is in support of the national program. And have any other candidates even given any of these families the time of day? No. And Maria Espinosa, the Remembrance Project, does contact the other candidates. So Hillary's had her shot to, uh, yeah. to, to take in yeah. their yes. campaign is virtually ignored because, of course, what the, what the, the issue that you guys are bringing to light in a very visual and a very impactful way actually runs counter to the narrative of Hillary Clinton, who is an open borders. Yes. Let everybody come and go as they please. Puts the illegal immigrants first rather than putting Americans first. And so many like, in, like your, the, the murder of your son, Agnes, he was deported. Or in other cases, they, they, these people have been in contact, they've been arrested, yes. they've been convicted and well, of American law enforcement, but they're allowed to stay in the country. Every one of these people, by definition, is somebody who is dead because the federal government, both parties, refuse to enforce America's immigration laws. Right, and this this does tale so well, and I'm I'm going to harken back to last week's program where we heard in a whole different vein the federal government failing us in regards to national security with Philip Haney's story. So this isn't the only area that the federal government is failing us. It's failing us in the fight against you know radical Islam. It's failing us in so many other areas, and we have these tragic stories unfolding like the San Bernardino terrorist attack. Phil Haney's program would have snagged Tashfeen Malik and possibly even the New York uh, bomber of the jihadist of last week. So so these are issues that Donald Trump is taking on, national security, border security, the immigration issue. Right. Hillary Clinton's State Department shut down Philip Haney's investigation into this global jihadist network called Tabuki Jamaat because they were concerned with violating the civil, civil rights, rights of the global jihadist network rather than putting protecting Americans first. And that's really at the core of what Donald Trump's whole message is, putting America first. You know, we have to take a break right now, but there's more to your story. There's more to this issue of immigration. There's more to uh, what's happened, the impact on the lives of Americans by illegal aliens. And we're going to explore that as we continue on the Unite IE radio show after this word. From All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of rock and roll. Back after this. When you're on an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For over 20 years, All-Star Collision and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. They offer free pickup and delivery, free estimates, and they're approved by all major insurance companies. 
They repair aluminum and fiberglass bodies with computerized frame straightening to get your car or truck back to factory spec perfection. You'll have your vehicle back fast and in showroom condition. Safety checked, washed, and detailed. Fluids topped off with a lifetime warranty on paint and repairs. So exercise your freedom of choice and call All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll, at 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. 951-279-9161. All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. AM590. The answer. Then join in the fight that will give you the right to be free. This is Senator Mike Morrell asking you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday at 4 o'clock on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio. Ann Coulter says that immigration is the most important issue because it determines all other issues. Economy, wages, politics, who's going to control the country, public safety, everything. Immigration underlies all of this. And that's the battle that you've been taking on, even separate from the Remembrance Project, Robin, in terms of trying to control at least the illegal immigration side of it. Well, exactly. And our focus with the Remembrance Project and our other organization, We Have People Rising, is this government. The government is derelict in duty. And we appeal to our elected officials to do the right thing and just enforce the law. This is why we're so excited with Mr. Donald Trump. We finally have an advocate coming forward, working to enforce our laws. And this started, we're visiting with Robin Vinston of We the People Rising and Agnes Gibney, who's an uh, angel mom, part of what's called the Remembrance Project uh, that started uh, out of Texas by somebody by the name of Maria Espinoza. You had the opportunity, your first introduction to Donald Trump was here in Los Angeles at the Lux Hotel, and immediately there was an, uh, sort of a, a, a visceral understanding on his part of what your message was, and he didn't know you from Hogan's Goat at the time, uh, but there was something about your message that got... That's an old expression, you know, from Baltimore. <laughs> Forgive me, I'm from Maryland, you know, it's, it's an old expression. I didn't know Hogan had a goat. <laughs> Don't know anybody from Hogan's goat. So, so uh, he, but he, he, he realized, you know, the gravity of what the work was that you were doing and met with you and then featured you guys in a press conference immediately. So that was kind of your first introduction to him. Tell us about yes, that. Yes, that was. It, as you said, he met with the families privately before the press conference and when we came out of the press conference he was mobbed like a rock star the room was filled with press and what he did he let each family member take to the podium and tell their story it was a long press conference because he allowed the family members to have a voice and during the press conference there was a a lot of commotion and it was very hectic he turned to me and he said to me these are wonderful people. And that came from the bottom of his heart. Who, according to Hillary Clinton, are deplorable. <laughs> and, you know, so th- this is this is really, uh, you know, at the heart of what's unfolding in this country right now in the electoral cycle. There's a Donald Trump that appears at the campaign events. There's a Donald Trump that we know from, you know, that that primary cycle that was 
you know, a little rambunctious uh, during a lot of these debates. Um, there's the Donald Trump that you guys have gotten to know, the personal side of him. And that's part of the quandary for Hillary Clinton coming up in the debate is, which Donald Trump am I dealing with? Probably all of them at some point or another. Uh, but, you know, this this is it's interesting. There's a survey out right now that says an estimated 27 percent of Americans believe the news media has been on too easy on Donald Trump, interestingly enough. Uh, 33% say they've been too easy on Hillary Clinton. How do you feel about the way that Donald Trump has been treated by the media and the persona that he's been given by, you know, this fourth estate of government, which is supposed to help us to vet these candidates? What do you see as being the big difference? It angers me because it's not fair and it's a bunch of lies. They are trying to smear Mr. Donald Trump making him look like a liar or whatever other lies you're saying about him. And every time I say, tell me one lie Mr. Trump said, nobody can come up with one. It angers me. It angers me because Mr. Trump does not deserve this. The media is not being fair. The media is lying to the community, to the uh, to, to us Americans, and we need to make a stand. It doesn't matter what your political party is. A liar is a liar. Mr. Trump is an honest, caring, hardworking businessman, a successful man, and he wants to make America great again. As we alluded to in the song at the opening, this is really, Donald Trump is doing, this is more than a campaign, this is more than just election. He's leading a revolution. Yes. A revolution to restore government of, by, and for the people, and the, and the, the people that now run the government, the ruling class, of the, includes the media, the politicians, the interest groups, big corporations, labor unions, uh, globalist entities that want to kind of erase our national borders. They don't want this. And they're, gonna, they're doing everything, are going to do everything legally and probably illegally possible to stop the revolution. And I like the word in the song, crusade. Will you join our crusade? Because revolution, I think, has, you know, has a context depending upon the person that you're talking to. I mean, revolution, in my mind, is the revolution of 1776 that overthrew, you know, the tyrant forms of government. But a revolution to other people might be, you know, sort of the communist version or the Marxist version. I like to look at this as a crusade. This is a crusade to restore, you know, our founding principles, the rule of law, uh, restore, as we like to say on this program, the most important political office is that of private citizen. And, and it's incumbent upon each of us to assume that role. But overall, it's harder and harder to do that, given the way that government has been acting. And my only hope and prayer is that Donald Trump can can help us to accomplish that. Donald Trump often calls it a movement. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, and it is. And what you guys exemplify is that if you want government for the people, you need government of and by the people. Mm-hmm. So many people forget the of and by and get right to the for. While well, the government should be doing this for us and that for us, we don't like what they're doing, but they forget the of and by that are essential in that equation. So you guys have said, you know, he likes to listen. One of the caricatures of Donald Trump is as of a bully, as of a tyrant, as of a person who, you know, has to have it sort of his own way. Have you ever seen any glimmer of that persona that the media is trying to lay on Donald Trump in dealing with him? Not at all. 
Not at all. He's a very collected, very professional man. And in one sense, I completely understand Mr. Donald Trump. He says it as it is. He's not sugarcoating. He's not beating around the bush. He says it as it is. He's the only one that brought up the issue of illegal immigration in this country. And the ironic thing is the media usually doesn't want to interview me because I fit both sides. I'm a legal immigrant and then illegal murdered my son. That is a fact. And the media ignores me and avoids me because of that, because they don't want to draw attention to the issues. Yep. You're, see, I used to share deplorable. I am a proud deplorable. <laughs> yes, proud, proud deplorables. Yes, I have found Mr. Trump to be a man with a great heart for the Remembrance Project families. It has been inspirational. And again, he's just been a real sweetheart to the families. He's, he is their champion. He is their advocate. Help is on the way. That is what he has communicated to the families. Yes. He is the only one that has given me a glimpse of hope. Oh, that's awesome. You know, it, very. when we talk about this crusade, the number of people that show up at the rallies was very clear. Hillary Clinton did a rally earlier in the week in Philadelphia at Temple University. And this was a very controlled re, uh, rally. There's a, uh, a, a, a an Internet journalist by the name of Millennial Millie. I don't know if any of you have ever seen her, but she's connected to uh, the InfoWars group. She attempted to get in there, and then after the rally went in, um, they had bust in high school students in order to fill the chairs. There were very few students, actually, from Temple University there. This was a staged campaign event, and the, the in fact, the number of chairs, there must have only been about 200 chairs there, in fact, and you could hear the crowd when she would talk. I mean, you could hear that it was a small crowd. This contrasts, this is a stark contrast to the kinds of rallies that people are attending with Donald Trump. Uh, no energy in Hillary Clinton's rallies, tremendous amount of energy in Donald Trump's rallies. Do you think that Donald Trump has a shot? I honestly think he does. And when you go to one of his rallies, the energy is so positive, so powerful. It's it's like a camaraderie, like all the good people just came together yes. to embrace yes. this nation, to embrace this country. I mean, it gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. It's just a wonderful experience. So you've been to a couple of rallies. You've been a participant in some. You've been a, 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 in the audience of others. Describe, if you can, for our audience, what that feeling is. It's like a it's huge like. family reunion. Everybody is there. Everybody is cheering. Everybody's happy. Everybody's fighting and hoping for the same thing. It's like a huge party that everybody loves the same music. And, and and a lot of people that are there are probably there for, at, at their first political event, too. Yes. In fact, when we left Austin after taping the, John, uh, the Sean Hannity show, I sat next to a lady on the airplane. And I started looking at my phones at the pictures. And she said, excuse me, were you at the rally? And I said, yes, I was one of the angel moms. Oh, my God, that, that was my first rally. And we talked the entire flight. She was so happy to hear, to share. She said that was an amazing experience. 
We are out of time for this segment. I can't tell. Thank you guys enough for what you're doing to be a part of this crusade. Uh, I'm so pleased Donald Trump is helping you to get your story out and that this is, you know, something that's a part of the rallying cry for this whole uh, election cycle. Uh, Thank you for coming in and for being part of it. We've got to take a break and wrap up with our final segment after a word from All Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of rock and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For over 20 years, All-Star Collision and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. They offer free pickup and delivery, free estimates, and they're approved by all major insurance companies. They repair aluminum and fiberglass bodies with computerized frame straightening to get your car or truck back to factory spec perfection. You'll have your vehicle back fast and in showroom condition, safety checked, washed and detailed, fluids topped off with a lifetime warranty on paint and repairs. So exercise your freedom of choice and call All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll, at 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. 951-279-9161. All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. AM590. The answer. Then join in the fight that will give you the right to be free. Welcome back to the United Inland Empire radio program. We'd like to wrap up our show with uh, information about what you can do to get involved. And there's a couple of opportunities for that. That, by the way, was a great segment with those two individuals, Robin Vidston and uh, Angel Mom Agnes Gibney, telling us a little bit about what their perception of Donald Trump is from their personal experience of working with him at these rallies. I just wish I could be as deplorable as they are at some point. Well, we'll work on that for you, Greg. We'll get you We'll get you your deplorable certificate. Last week, we had Philip Haney. He's the whistleblower that wrote the book, See Something, Say Nothing. He is going to be in Corona tonight. Uh, you can get information by, about that event by going to our website, uniteie.com. It'll be at the top. And as well, if you can't make it tonight on short notice, next week on September the 29th, he'll be at Redlands Town Hall telling his story and doing... Doing a book signing, and that address is it's the American Legion Hall. It's the American Legion Hall in Redlands at eight fourteen West Colton Avenue. That's put on by Redlands Town Hall. They're back in business after a few months off, and that's going to be another great meeting to learn more about this key subject. Uh, here in the Redlands Tea Party, we got a couple of great events. We got the Inland Empire premiere of Trevor Loudon's movie, Enemies Within, with Trevor Loudon on October thirteenth, and we have a debate viewing party on. September 26th in downtown Redlands. You can see both of these on Facebook and on Eventbrite to get your tickets for both. The first is free, the second is both free events. Very good. And don't forget, sign those Gunmageddon petitions. Get to a gun store, and you've got just a limited amount of time before they have to start to go into the signature counting phase of that. As always, thank you for listening to the United Inland Empire radio program. We will be back next week at 4 o'clock with another program. Join in the fight that will give you the right to be free. Sing, sing the song of angry men. It is a new
Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.